Welcome to another episode of the Two Shots Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Garcia. Today, I'll be joined by a special guest. We'll be joined by Tyler Clerkland. And Tyler, why don't you let the people know who you are and what you do? Uh, my name is Tyler. I'm a Spurs writer for News for San Antonio, part of the Spurs Zone team. I uh, write about the Spurs and I also do bi-weekly columns for a publication called Death Pen Hoops. I just kind of write about anything that I find interesting. So, yeah. So, in other words, you make sure that you go give him a follow. Yeah, make sure that you you give Tyler a follow. And what's your Twitter Twitter handle? My Twitter is at TylerClerkin underscore five. Cool. TylerClerkin underscore five. So, make sure you go out and follow him. And what we'll be talking about today on this new episode of the Two Shots podcast is we're going to be recapping the Spurs loss to the Milwaukee Bucks. And no, I can't just blame this whole loss on DeJounte Murray uh, Murray solely. So we'll talk about that in a little bit more on an all-new episode starting now. All right, Tyler, you saw the, the game, final score, Spurs 103, Bucks 106, came down to a heartbreaking last possession. And, you know, from what I've gathered from the fans here in San Antonio and, you know, some of the uh, the radio shows here, uh, my friend Chris Duell was doing React uh, on WOAI, um, and the, the Spurs fans kind of were blaming DeJounte but I don't really think it was all his fault. Some other things happened during the game that, you know, it was a, a, a team effort. It wasn't just one person. So I want to get your take on it. What did you think about this game? And was it DeJounte's fault only? Uh, no, I don't think any loss or win for that matter is pinned on one person solely because it's obviously a team sport. I mean, yeah, he came down and it was a little bit of a questionable play shot whatever you want to call it uh at the end there but what really stood out to me was their first and their third quarter i actually did a post called with who shined who didn't with news four where i discussed about who played well and then who didn't play well and i said that the who didn't shine was their opening quarters to begin each half in the first quarter they came out and found themselves down early by 12 they were scored by 12 in the first quarter and then they came back in the second second quarter and were able to tie it up. But in that third quarter, they gave up 41 points. And I'm pretty sure the Bucks shot 71% from the field. So that's not pinned on one person there. That's a whole the whole team not playing good defense. I mean, if the Bucks were hitting shots or I don't know what, something went wrong. And that's what really stood out to me with uh, because of the loss. I feel like if they wouldn't give up 41 points in one quarter, then they would have been obviously in a lot better shape to win the basketball game. But they they came back at the end, and I thought that they might be able to pull it off. But I don't know. It's just I feel like they're on the road. The, the, their momentum had to end sooner or later. They were on a six-game win streak. So I'm upset about the loss, but I'm not going to dwell on it. I mean, there's still games that need to be played, and they need to start focusing on the next ones. Yeah, I agree with you. You know, this game... Actually, I believe that the way that the Spurs lost this game, it just came down to transition defense, you know? Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, the fast break points kind of tell exactly what happened. I mean, if you look at fast break points, Spurs only had two points. Bucks, 25, which means that they were really putting it on the Spurs in the open court, and the Spurs 
couldn't slow him down. I mean, they were just taking it to him. They were taking the fight to him. I mean, did you see that same thing? Oh, yeah. I mean, I feel like that's been an ongoing uh, situation for the Spurs. Their pace is just, they, they love to play slow, you know. And I feel like teams understand that. And so then they think, okay, well, if they want to play slow, then we need to up the tempo and just kind of get them running. They're, I don't even know where they rank in pace, actually, but I'm sure it's like towards the end. Because I yeah. mean, they're just they're they're an older team. I just looked it up. Actually, they're second to last in the league in pace. They're an older team. They're they base their entire game on you know just kind of methodical play and smart decision making. But once teams go out there and they say, okay, well, if we start running the ball and get the pace going quicker than they're used to, then they're going to be uncomfortable. I feel like we've seen that so many times this season. And one game that stands out to me in particular was way back in the beginning when they played the Orlando Magic they got blown out by them and it's because they were just able to get ball they would either get a rebound or inbound the basketball and just run and the spurs were like whoa 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 you know like they just don't even know what to do and then right there today is a perfect example 25 to 2 i mean howard you can't expect to win a game when you're giving up getting outscored by 23 points in transition and i mean yeah. that can be that can be based on your transition defense yeah i mean i i don't even know what like how you're transition defense is that bad when you're a professional basketball team you know it's like that can't happen but to kind of build on that point and go back to my previous one the fact that they only lost by three points is that's a positive you know I mean, oh, yeah. they were on the road and they were outscored they left 41 points in the third quarter they were outscored 25 to 2 in transition it's like and they lost by three i mean that's a that's a good positive to take away from this and their spurs with how the season's been going i didn't have faith they were going to win went out you know that they were going to lose a game or two here towards the end of the season so for them to go on a six game win streak and then lose today i feel like it's kind of it's okay you know it's not like the end of the world i feel like they're in a good position where they're going to make the playoffs and now i'm kind of just thinking like about that 50 game win streak you know so that's kind of <laughs> where my mind's at <laughs> you know i'm i'm with you on that one because if they are to win 50 games this season the spurs have to go seven and one and I think that's going to be a tall order for them and you know I'm not going to base the season the whole season on oh they went 50 games there it it was a great season if they make the playoffs for me at this point which I mean it looks like they're going to make it that would to me that's a big win for them because they have been without one of their star players in Kawhi Leonard so make or break 51 season eh, I mean it'd be nice but realistically I'm picking the Spurs to maybe win 46 games, you know, somewhere around there, maybe 44, 46. Yeah. And what do you think? Yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm looking at their schedule right now to see they got to play the Rockets. They got to play the Thunder, Trailblazers, the Pelicans. I mean, it's going to be a tall task, but I feel like if they do end up winning those games to kind of transition to another point and start thinking about the playoffs, if they remain where they're at right now, which is what six now after today's loss, I believe. Yeah, they, they would end six. up playing. Who would they end up playing? Uh, Portland. Ooh. I want them to kind of <laughs> maybe even drop down and try to try to get Golden State because I don't know if you saw the news today, but Steph yeah. Curry is out for the first round. MCL injury, I believe it's to his uh, hey, left hey. knee or right knee. Yeah, it was, it was the left knee. He's out. So now with this left knee injury to Stephen Curry, I really do like the Spurs' chances against the Golden State Warriors should they fall to the seventh seed, the Spurs, I mean, and face the Warriors in the first round of the playoffs. I think it's a good team that 
we could really match up well with and possibly even upset them and come away with the victory in the first round. And we'll just have to see what happens, you know, moving forward. You know, my biggest fear, Tyler, is for the Spurs to actually get a stranglehold on this sixth seed. If the Spurs were to just stay as the sixth seed and the playoffs started now, their first round opponent would be the Portland Trailblazers. And that I don't want to see in the first round. The Portland Trailblazers, that's a tough matchup. And trying to get a win on the road in the Moda Center, that's crazy. And the places, it's hard to win there. It's just there's so many factors that goes into it. I don't want anything to do with the Blazers in the first round. I feel like if they, the Spurs had their choice of playing one of the top three seeds, I'm, I want Golden State personally because especially after this news came out so but they're all good teams but i don't know golden state probably be my pick yeah golden state we have a better chance of beating golden state right now without you know stephen curry for the first round of the playoffs i think that would be a, a huge upset you know given that the spurs if they fall to seven they would beat a number two seed so i mean that would be up there and somewhere in nba history <laughs> but I still like this team. And like you were saying, you you said you said it I think very well. There's a lot of positives to take away from this loss. You know, one thing in particular that I've seen from the Spurs lately is their spacing seems to have gotten a lot better when they were in this six game win streak. And it seems like they got they were moving a little quicker into their offensive sets than they were in the past, which means that they're starting to figure some things out. And they're actually rebounding the ball a little better. And they're giving themselves that opportunity to, you know, kind of get those 50-50 balls and give themselves a second and third chance uh, to score, you know. So I like those things that I'm seeing out of them. Have you kind of seen that same thing out of the Spurs lately as well? Uh, Yeah, definitely. So one thing that actually stood out to me was uh, their turnovers. I remember in the beginning of the season, that was their oh. biggest problem. They could just not, they would just cough the ball up over and over and over. I feel like they had so many games where it was like 18 to 20 turnovers a game. And so what's interesting is this game today, 12 turnovers. And if I'm not mistaken, the last game they played against the Jazz, it was like 12 turnovers. Still quite a bit, but I mean, compared to what they were doing, it's not that bad at all, you know? And so that's what really is standing out to me. And I feel like that's a huge reason to their success. Because if you're able to not give the ball up and capitalize on your possession, then you're going to score more points. Therefore, you're going to have a better chance of winning the game. So I feel like they're just kind of taking care of the ball more. They're, I, I don't want to say they're getting more comfortable because I feel like they're still kind of iffy. I mean, everything's so new. I feel like this team, this is, whole season has just been on a roller coaster up and down, you know. Yeah, so I feel yes. like they're just kind of coming into their own, you know. And I feel like mm-hmm. uh, it's really showing in these last few games. Yeah, I agree with you completely, man. They're starting to come into their own. They're starting to to gel, I think, at the right time. Um, as far as chemistry goes, you know, they're they're starting to get I think they're starting to get in these I guess comfortable lineups, you know, or more established lineups because I think the Achilles heel for them all year has also been these lineup changes. They've had so many lineup changes. Now that they're getting back to that normalcy of they know who's going to start, they know who's going to come off the bench, I think that has helped them a lot over the course of this this six-game win streak that they had until today, I guess, against the loss with the Bucks. But I like that that I'm seeing out of them because it gives these role players that opportunity 
to show who they really are because they've been asked at times to play all these different positions that maybe they're not comfortable with playing. And now that you see that this team has gotten, you know, back to this normalcy of, okay, I'm this role player. I'm going to come off the bench. I'm a backup point guard or I'm going to back up LaMarcus or I'm coming in for Paul or what have you. I just think that that's given them this opportunity to actually get set and, and get comfortable with who they are. And I really do like their chances. We we had talked about this on uh, on Friday night when I was in the studio uh, recapping the game. And we were both, all of us were saying in the studio that we really did like the Spurs chances moving forward in the playoffs. That we think that if everybody remains healthy, we like their chances because this team is really experienced. You know, they have a lot of experience and yes, they do have some younger players in there, but I think with the veterans, they can actually help them and, and give them some tips and kind of keep things calm in the playoffs when things get a little hectic. What do you think, Tyler? Yeah, I definitely see what you're saying. I mean, you've got players who have been around for quite a long time and obviously leading the charge for me, and not in terms of how long he's been playing in the league, but just the amount of experience in his head is LaMarcus, you know? Yeah. I mean, he's been an all-star, what, five times now? I think this year yeah, was five, five, maybe times. six, I'm not sure. So, I mean, he knows what it takes to play well and play at a high level. I mean, he's done it so many times, and he's played in the playoffs. He's, like I mentioned earlier with the uh, Blazers uh, Rockets series, he's been in those moments, you know, and he knows what it takes to win. But then you got players like Tony Parker and Manu Ginobili who – they know what it's like to win big, big time and win big time five times. If that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So they definitely can kind of help guide this team and say, okay, guys, we need to work on this. We need to do this or something. Then you got like Danny Green, who's also a part of that 2014 team. But what's really standing out to me right now is like you mentioned how these role players are gaining experience by having a set lineup. And DeJounte Murray, I feel like, yeah, I feel like he <laughs> might be a hindrance, to be honest. Like, I've seen him play so well, but I've seen him play so bad, <laughs> and I just don't I don't know what to do like about him. You know, I want him to play well because I can I see flashes of him being great, but I feel like to bring it back even farther when we start talking about their pace and how they want to play slow, I feel like he's just trying to change that, and like it just doesn't work a lot of the times. I mean, he brings the ball down so fast and he beats everyone down the floor, and it's like, okay, Dejounte, now what are you gonna do? You know, yeah. you got to go one on four against the defense, <laughs> and it's just not gonna work. You know, like I wish that Tony would use that his veteran experience and just say, like, hey man, like it's cool that you can dribble and run really fast, but we don't do that around here. You, you need to calm down and you're a point guard. You got to set up the offense. They're relying on you. And, uh, I feel like if he can kind of do that and gain that experience in these last few games, because I feel like every game right now is kind of treated like a playoff game, especially against some of these teams that they're going to have to face because they're also playing for a playoff spot as well. They yeah. want to win just as bad as the Spurs do. So I feel like these last few games, if DeJounte or like Kyle Anderson, Burn Forbes or any of them can start gaining this experience, I feel like they're going to be in good shape. And then you add that to the veteran experience from the other players. And yeah, I definitely agree with you. I feel like they're going to be in a good shape going into the playoffs. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up DeJounte because that's one thing that I was going to talk about uh, to kind of end this podcast. Uh, DeJounte in that last possession. And, and this kind of sums up, I think, exactly where DeJounte is at this point in time. And I was listening to Bill Schoening, uh, who calls the Spurs games here on uh, locally on WOAI 1200 AM radio. 
he was talking to Spurs assistant coach Ume Adoka, and he specifically asked him about that last possession where DeJounte was coming, you know, full head of steam, running down the court with the ball in his hands. And he's like, we didn't call a timeout, even though all the Spurs fans were saying, well, why didn't they call a timeout? They had one left. They wanted, Pop likes to push the issue. He likes to get these teams off guard. You know, he doesn't want them to get a timeout so they can go come back and have a better defensive uh, set against the Spurs. So they just kind of like to push the issue and try to, you know, see what they can get. But in that key moment, we saw DeJounte's inexperience come through because he doesn't have the experience of a Tony Parker or a Patty Mills. DeJounte kind of got rattled a little bit. There was about eight seconds left, and I rewinded the tape to kind of look to see exactly what happened. DeJounte had the ball. He had a defender in front of him. He kind of glanced real quick to the left to see who was open. There was nobody open. Everybody was guarded. So he had he didn't have an option to pass the ball. He went ahead and decided at that point the best thing to do was for him to take a contested three-pointer. And unfortunately, it got blocked. And that's why it looked like a bad shot. But I mean, it was a, he took a, I think he took a good shot. It was just, it got blocked. But more importantly... When there's nobody open in that situation and you can see the shot clock and you know there's about eight, seven seconds left, the best thing to do would be to call a timeout. If Coach Pop isn't going to call a timeout for you and you know you have one timeout remaining, you call the timeout and you come back on the court and it's not guaranteed that you're going to get a three-pointer, but you give yourself a better look. And unfortunately, we can't speed up DeJounte's learning curve. That has to come with in-game experience. And it's like Ume Udoka said, he has to be put in those situations. If they want him to grow as a player, he needs to be put in these situations to learn from these mistakes. That way he'll make better calls down the stretch. This is the same thing that happened with Tony Parker. When he first started, Pop would lay into him. Every time he would make a mistake, Pop would just let him have it. And Tony Parker learned very quickly that he has to make better decisions. Unfortunately, Pop doesn't yell anymore at his players like he once did and with Manu Ginobili and Tony Parker. But nonetheless, I think these crucial, you know, minutes and crunch time for DeJounte are instrumental to the Spurs success. It, it's painful to watch. I get that. But I think he can't learn from this unless he's put in those situations. I mean, that's my take on the DeJounte Murray possession. I mean, what did you think about what I just said, uh, Tyler? I I completely agree. And, you know, like watching the game in the moment, you're like, what's he doing? Because, I mean, that might have been one of the first three-point shots that I've seen DeJounte kind of, I mean, just take Take. in general. (laughs) Like, he never does it, you know? And so in my mind, I'm thinking like, wow, why, why did we give him that? You know, but then you have to kind of sit down and think, like you said, like he look, you look around and nobody's open. Yeah. You know, I mean, like what did he, what was he supposed to do? And then like, I completely agree with what you're saying. It's like, he has to learn, you know, it's like whenever you're a kid and you walk up to a stove and you put your hand on the hot <laughs> stove, it's going to hurt. But you know, you're going to think, Don't okay, touch I'm, it. I'm never, yeah, I'm never going to do that again. <laughs> So yeah, it's just kind of one of those situations, and I completely agree with what you're saying. And I feel like this season as a whole, with all the drama that's been going on with 
Kawhi Leonard and all, you know, just everything that's been adding up to this season to make it what it is. I feel like it's kind of a kind of like a learning season for everyone, yeah. you know? I mean, it's the first time that the Spurs are kind of they're putting their 50-game win streak in jeopardy. I mean, Popovich is kind of probably like, wow, I haven't been here in a while. <laughs> I don't know, really know what to do. And then everyone's just kind of learning together, and they're just going to start capitalizing on it. Yeah, you so, know, they do have some younger players like Brandon Paul, for example. They have Derek White, which we haven't really seen much of, you know, and it's because they're very they're still kind of young. You know, they don't really have a lot of experience with the Spurs system, so to speak. So it's just like you said, Tyler, it's it's a learning season. And I think it's not a a bad season. It's It's a season that is really helpful for the Spurs moving forward. Can you imagine if this team, what they're going to learn this season and they're going to apply it into next season? And if we have a healthy Kawhi coming back on the court, I mean, this changes everything. I mean, what do you think about the the Spurs as far as, like you said, learning with a healthy Kawhi? If, what if he does come back for the playoffs? What do you think about that? Um, if he does end up coming back for the playoffs, I feel like, I feel like it's going to be kind of a, a weird thing like honestly i mean he's only played nine games this season yeah and like you said earlier we we're talking about chemistry and how they built some good chemistry i feel like him coming back is just going to kind of mess with that a little bit i mean a lot of these players have obviously played with him but like what's going to happen whenever their entire offense is going to be completely different because that guy that's coming onto our team right now he's getting the basketball yeah you know him and lamarcus they're touching the ball and so now that means the other players aren't going to be able to shoot the ball as much. I mean, players like Danny Green or even like for the one that I would see not shooting really at all anymore would be Kyle Anderson. So I feel like his only job would be rebound, play defense, you know, just stuff like that. So with Kawhi coming back, I feel like it'd be just super weird at this point. And I'm already put it in my mind. I'm so <laughs> over this whole Kawhi situation yeah. that he's not coming back this season. Yeah. Anybody that really asks me, like, what's going on with Kawhi? Oh, I always no. say. <laughs> he's not just don't expect him to come back and if he does it's like whatever i mean yeah something's going on in there that we don't know about so i'll just leave it at that but i'm just focusing on right now this team in general and that's what i want to worry about and i want to see if they can first try to keep the 50 game win streak alive and then even make the playoffs and then try to make some noise in the playoffs that's where i'm focused on right now yeah i'm a i agree with you totally on that i'm over i'm over the Kawhi drama i'm over all that stuff and, you know, I'm focused on what's going to happen right now, where they're going to be seated in the playoffs, and our next opponent, you know, as far as that first-round opponent. What are we going to do? Where are we going to start this, you know, playoff season? Is it going to be on the road? Is it going to be at home? And just stay focused. And, you know, Popovich said it best. Just stay focused and just look ahead. Don't worry about all this stuff going on in the media and all these other things that are happening. They're just... They're just distractions. So Spurs lose a tough one on the road against the Milwaukee Bucks, 106 to 103. Not much has changed in the Western Conference standings as far as the seating goes. Spurs are still, they fall to six. They were at fifth. They fall to six. Some games will start occurring again uh, tomorrow. We'll see what happens then because it's like a revolving door right now with this Western Conference seating. It's different and it changes every single day. So Tuesday, who knows where the Spurs will find themselves in the Western Conference. I'm pretty sure they're still going to be six. But, you know, strange things do happen. Or maybe they can move up. Somebody loses, you know, and then they'll be 
at number five again with the chance to maybe even go all the way up to three. So, you know, the revolving Tonight, the, door. Uh, the Blazers and the Thunder play and the Jazz and the Warriors play, and those both would affect the seeding. So it's hard, it's hard <laughs> to keep track of it all at this yeah. point. But the Spurs are going to... They're going to keep moving around, Spurs fans, so don't be surprised at that. Yeah, it's just just a revolving door. Things change, and I think really what's going to happen is the seating won't actually be set in stone until that last day of the NBA regular season. I mean, do you kind of have that feeling too? Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, there's still some, I wouldn't say so many games, but there's still games to be played. And until that last game is done, I feel like there's just – there's no there's no telling what's going to happen so yeah until the last game is over that's the final time i'm going to look at the seating and say okay this is what the spurs have to do but until then i'm just open-minded at this point (laughs) we're just happy that they're gonna they're they're in the hunt for the you know making a a good playoff run you know they're not nine they're not ten they're not eleven they're six a week ago or about two weeks ago they were nine you know and now they moved back up again so i couldn't be more thrilled more happy and i think Spurs Nation as a collective whole needs to like just cheer, give a big clap for the team and just break out the flags, break out the T-shirts, break out everything you've got. Don't wait until the second round or the first round of the playoffs. The team needs your support right now. So we'll go Mm -hmm. ahead and end the show on that note. So thanks for listening, guys. And until next time, go Spurs, go.